everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. A That's lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> What I, I could be Victor. I could be brown, I could be blue, I could be violet sky, I could be purple, I could be... <laughs> I like how the car's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> that was Max leaving as fast as possible. <laughs> I spent um, two months on TikTok or so, and I'm not better for the experience, I can tell you that. It sounds like a drug when you say it like that. Eh, kind of. Uh, Gannon calls it TikTok. <laughs> it is made for children. It uh, is populated by mostly children, whether they're full-grown adults or not. Now, yeah. <laughs> I have ended up on some weird sides of TikTok. Yeah, it gets it gets weird. <laughs> the only things I enjoyed on TikTok were, were like when like an old married couple was like adding sounds to like a song that was playing. Like, I don't know how to describe it. That sounds like a trend that I didn't stumble upon. Probably because. Most people aren't on there to find something smart. Is my guess. Yeah, it's mostly just to kill time or to disassociate for a while. And Kitty has made me an administrator of our Facebook page. So I will be adding some content onto there now that I know it exists. If we ever Um, get a soundboard, I would like to humbly request that I have my own button that is Chief Wiggum going, God help us all! (laughs) Because I really want that for these situations. (laughs) Yeah. So I posted an article on there today about the actual story that inspired Herman Melville to write uh, Moby Dick. And it is truly horrific. So check it out if you have time. At some point, by the time this is released, I will have done it because I plan on doing it tomorrow. Um, My friend Devin, she got um, a tattoo over the weekend and it is... um, this is a roller. Where is this going? What is the it that you're going to do? You bury the lead. It's like a treasure map. You bury the head. <laughs> there it is. I turned it off. No, you didn't. <laughs> Turn the phone off. Turn the phone off. Okay. So my friend Devin got a tattoo. Good for you, Devin. Of um. Freddy Krueger's glove with Jason's reflection in it. It's super cool. I'll show it to you later. Mm. Um, it was done by Stefan Karlish. Didn't he do yours? No, was that, that yours, was Stephen? sweet. Stefan, I thought his name was Stefan Scarlet. Uh, no, no. Klaus, Stefan Klaus. Go lay down now. Go lay yes, down. Yes, I do believe his last name was Klaus. Klaus, Go lay Klaus down. not Karlish. He was a Go lay down. German-born. Japanese-American fellow? Yes. And one of the most interesting people I've ever met. 
Yeah, he told us about 2020 and the prophecies of doom. <laughs> he did. Um, no, 2012. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whatever it is. This guy works at Maiden Voyage Tattoo Gallery, and he also did um, a reflection of Mike Myers and the knife that Mike Myers carries around on her. She really likes horror movies. Hold on. Hold on. I'll have to see her the picture. reflection in the knife? No. Mike Myers' reflection oh. <clears throat> in the knife that he carries. Right, and that's really cool. But earlier you said <laughs> Freddy Krueger's glove had the reflection of Jason in it. Yes. Is that what you meant to say? I, I'm pretty sure that's what I Like Jason meant who to doesn't say. use Freddy Krueger's glove. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, because of the Freddy versus Jason. Movie. Well, yeah, I just wanted to confirm. That's all. You were, like, grilling me like that was really stupid. So. <laughs> who was the villain in the. <laughs> Was it was that question and scream. as I was saying before yes. the show got hijacked. Yeah, it, he does really good work, but yeah, he's at um, Maiden Voyage Tattoo Studio in um, Hummelstown, Pennsylvania. Just huh. as a, I'll probably try and tag my well, shop if they have a Facebook. I mean, page. if that is you, Stefan, my tattoo is awesome. And once it peeled, and I didn't go back and have it done, redone, which I know I should have. It's looked the same way since then, so I mean, yeah. awesome work. <laughs> um, as I was saying, yes, I um, recently just re-entered social media for a separate reason, not because I wanted to keep up with people. It's an um, experiment. Um, we're sitting in our front room tonight instead of where we normally sit, so there's more traffic noises. So, sincerest apologies. I um, was looking for my friends list. It's very minimal. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Last I checked, you had six friends. I think it's seven now. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, and I could not find my friends list. Like, there's a tab that has friends, and it has anything but the thing you're looking for. Like, oh, it's like, yeah. did you know these people? I'm like, no. Well, I know some of them, but I don't like them. <laughs> and it's like, where, where the hell is this friends? And it took me like 15 minutes just to find the friends list. Um,. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> no. But I will be posting on the Hounds of Horror Facebook page. Well, that's very nice of you, and I'm very excited. Um, we probably will, at some point, have more interaction, uh, maybe in like a group setting or something. But for now, it's, it's just a page. But you can reach us. Reach us? Reach us. You can reach us, Philman. You can that's reach us. Reach us. Ed Reach us. Um. You can reach us at houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Again, that's houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. Yeah, I guess we never actually talked about who we are. We just kind of started talking about random ass shit. I feel like if people are here, they know who we are. I don't know. We had an influx of like six followers the other week. No influxes. What about reflux? No more space aboard this train. There's I'm just kidding. There's plenty of space. Yeah. <laughs> there, we are overwhelmed with space. It's we like a, a city American... running a bus with one person that rides that bus route. <laughs> we are <laughs> during the pandemic. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. So, um, what was the movie that we viewed this week for this podcast that we talk about movies on Hounds of Horror? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we are going to talk about a cure for wellness. A cure for wellness. Mm-hmm. It's not social media, that's for sure. Um, no, no. <laughs> that's not, that's no, that is a contributor of unwellness, <laughs> unrest, fear. 
Were you going to um, talk about talk who's in it? I was going to keep like pontificating on. Uh, I'll, I'll just. <laughs> oh, you know what, you sh- Max? I need you to buy a pontoon boat and call it the Pontificator. <laughs> and that's all you do all day long. Isn't the Pope called like the Holy Pontiff or something like that? I hope so. I think he is, among other things. Um, I like our current Pope. Don't Seems know. like a cool guy. I don't know anything about them. Okay. Um, we have Dane Dehan playing Lockhart, the main character, I suppose, one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in uh, The Place Beyond the Pines, which I have seen. It also has... Um, Ryan Gosling. Mm, Ryan Gosling. I can't say it's one of those movies that I really liked. It's kind of like really story heavy. Like they're relying very much on their real world storyness. It was fine. I don't know what any of that means, but I'll probably watch it at some point. (laughs) It also has the guy from Midnight Meat Train, which we might get to that movie sometime on this uh, podcast. It's actually not a bad movie. Wasn't he also in a movie called jupiter's legacy no that's one of those other i was in i do remember seeing jupiter something yeah jupiter has landed or jupiter falling or something well no i mean that's a weird series of movies that is about anyway no he was in a weird movie that was like really sci-fi heavy and like trippy and i don't remember what it's called one of our listeners is screaming right now yeah yelling the name at us (laughs) um and we had Mia Goth as Hannah. She really hasn't been in a lot of other things you would recognize. She hasn't been in a lot of other things, period. Um, there's one set of movies I did recognize her from, and I don't remember why I watched them. And I wish I hadn't watched them, because they're super fucked up. A series of movies. Uh, two, I think. Two movies. Okay. Um, just really weird... Um... I don't even know how to explain them. Um, she had an unfortunate relationship with Shia LaBeouf for a while, too. Uh, was it just unfortunate because it was Shia LaBeouf? Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, he's an uh, actual cannibal. Person. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he's still a person. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where he exists anymore. Um, I was reading up on him just because he was related to her somewhat, and he's like just off the rails now. Well, aren't they all? Well, Disney tends to do that to their actors and actresses. Yeah. Well, actors isn't that the general <laughs> just actors? Actors. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's his shit has gone, and uh, <laughs> that's okay with me because I never really I liked him in Holes. That's about it. Oh. Um. Let's see. I made a lot of notes. Uh, Oh, yeah, I, I was um, researching Mia Goth, and I started backpedaling really quick. I've <laughs> just decided that next D&D campaign, I'm playing a half-orc named Mia Goth. Mia Goth! I think that's fine. Can it be a Goth half-orc? That'd be funny. So they're just like, Mia Goth, and that's what everyone thinks their name is. Mia Goth! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mia Goth. Visigoth, or Ostrogoth, or... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you chose Karma. <laughs> I want someone to do a quick animation of 
<laughs> Kitty flicking an M&M across the room into Max's face. <laughs> <laughs> the um, next and maybe greatest actor on this list for this movie is Jason Isaacs. <laughs> greatest actor on this earth. <laughs> I'm not going to say he's the greatest actor ever, but... He's pretty great. He's darn hard to dismiss whatever he's in i want to know more (laughs) me too whatever actor he's playing or whatever character he's playing like i just i sit down and i want to know what else is going on he just pulls me in he's so charismatic i hope i think he's like 56 57 Mm. i hope i look like that when i'm 56 57 and can talk like that fuck (laughs) i can only hope but he played volmer he was also in here we go the patriot event horizon Fury, Armageddon, Soldier, John Wick, The Dark Crystal, uh, he was Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter, Batman Under the Red Hood as Ooh. Ra's al Ghul, um, and it just goes on from there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would go on from there. It does go on from there. He was in a fantastic show that we did not continue watching, but I really would like to get back to. I can't remember what it was called now, actually, but he is a father uh, husband and father and he gets into a car accident and his son is killed in this accident it's really tragic and terrible and he goes to bed and he wakes up and his wife died in the accident and his son survived and then he goes to bed and he wakes up and his son died in the accident and his wife survived and it's really really weird and it's amazing and trippy and fun and he starts talking to a therapist in both realities and they're both giving him different tests to prove that their reality, the one that he's in now, is the real one. <laughs> and he keeps saying, that's that's what the other therapist said. And it's just really, really great. And I can't remember what it's called, but it was uh, a really cool premise. It is just called Elite. Awake. Yes. I don't... It also has um, uh, Dylan Minetti in it. I don't know who that is. He was um, the... Oh, was um, he money in... He, he was the last surviving male teenager in Don't Breathe. Oh, yes. There were no surviving male teenagers. He was the last surviving one. Oh, like, so not the, money, he, the but longest. the He survived kid. the longest, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Longest surviving. He was also in uh, Open House and yes. some other yes. things. Okay. He, uh, 13 mm-hmm. Reasons Why, that's, I think, the thing that he's most known for. Okay. So, yes. I, I like him. Um, Awake. It's a very sad but very interesting premise that I it really pulled me in. Is it a Netflix original? I think that it's British, so I doubt it. I think but Netflix I just does, saw it doesn't mean anything. I think Netflix, I just saw that it was on Prime. Netflix buys a lot of properties. So yes, check out um oh, wait. They, they have Boardwalk. Yeah. Like from Monopoly. <laughs> That's copyrighted, so I don't know if we can say that. The any of that. You can't copyright Boardwalk. Like how many towns <laughs> have a Boardwalk? That's like the jackass that came in and copyrighted Happy Birthday. Seriously? Yeah. You can't wow. do that. Oh, it um, you actually can't stream, you can't stream it anywhere except for Prime, and you have to pay for it. Oh wow! Eh. Like you have to pay pay for Prime, or you have to pay. For oh the, wait, because that's kind of part of Prime, isn't it? Although I don't know. Don't it's, get me started on Amazon. It's, yeah. it, it is additional money to watch it on Prime. Like whenever we rent things through Prime, like some things are included, some things aren't. You pay for Prime over the course of the year, right? Mm-hmm. It's like eleven dollars a month. So, can somebody explain to me how it's free shipping? It's not. It's not. It it is if you buy enough stuff to make it worth it. But it's not free. You still have to pay for it. 
Even if it's pennies on the dollar. So this is the same argument that a lot of people have made to me whenever I'm like, oh, it's buy two, get one free. They're like, but you only wanted to get one. And I'm like, yeah, but buy two, get one free. And they're like, but you only wanted to get one. So now you're buying two, spending more money so you can get three, but you only wanted to get one. So you're spending more money. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go eat my three things now. (laughs) (laughs) If, like it's I think it's like twelve ninety nine a month. So if you get three things that normally each of those things would have cost five dollars to ship, like you already are getting free shipping on items. I um would not purchase enough from Amazon in ten years to make that worth my time. <laughs> I purchase enough in a week sometimes to make it worth my time. <laughs> and that's fine. I understand why people um uh what do you call it? Uh patronize their business. I understand that. Um <laughs> Jeff Bezos is gonna come here in his dick ship to stop us from talking about his <laughs> I mean, I company. hate everything about that man and his company, but I still use it I because it's so easy. <laughs> Uh, I don't really like Elon Musk as a person, but I do kind of admire what he's doing with space travel. It's hard. He's the only one that can redo it reliably. Redo it. Redo it. (laughs) SpaceX. Like Boeing can't even get their shit together. And they're supposed to be good at flying stuff. (laughs) Um, Yes. That was one of their planes going by just now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On the ground, dragging its wheels. (laughs) (laughs) There was a, a video in the day. I don't. I think it was a voiceover, but it was funny. And it was a like a passenger that like looked out their their cabin window on a plane, and there was another plane like two hundred yards next to them, matching their speed. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God. the captain's voice came over, and again, it's probably it was probably a voiceover, but like he was like, "Ladies and gentlemen, I ask that you please sit down and put your seatbelts on. It looks like our partner flight has challenged us to a race, and shit's about to get real." <laughs> uh, that would be great. <laughs> Uh, all right are we gonna talk about this movie i don't know so, i just feel like i had other stuff to say oh i did <laughs> okay um it's because i did okay i wanted to mention because it directly relates to Space. midnight mass oh okay there's two cinematic shots I, I don't think either of these show up in a cure for wellness but um I was watching Midnight Mass. I've seen it through to the end. Mm-hmm. They used not, that's so fine. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, um, but I think it's like the first or second episode this happens. But what's her face from the house on Blair Hill or whatever? Kate Hill. Spiegel. Yeah, she's looking out her window, and I saw this one other movie called Viral, which is actually pretty good. We might do that one too. It's got um, what's her face? My favorite B-list actress actor. Remember that one? She's in that weird movie that I was like... I can't even think of her name now. The name sounds... From, the name Viral <laughs> sounds familiar, but... Yeah, Viral. I don't really recognize the other actors in that movie. Some of them, maybe. Um, but I know the shot you're talking about. Yeah, like, someone looks out, and it's dark, but there's maybe some moon or a light behind, and there's, like, bushes and stuff, and instead of something coming into the frame to give you a jump scare... Something after like five seconds leaves the frame. Yes. That you did not realize was standing there. Yes. And in Midnight Mass, she looks out her window and I'm like, I don't see. Wait, is there? And then all of a sudden it went and like flew away. And I'm like, fuck, it was looking at you the whole time. I deeply, sadly underused, deeply enjoyed some of the shots in that, in that show. Yeah. Mostly with the creature and things like that. Like they just look. And when it ended, 
No. <laughs> Real quick. Snips it, snips it, snips it. Um, it was, this movie was a 2016 movie and Ooh. it was directed by, well, actually it's released, it was 2017, but, um, it oh, was wow. directed by Gore Verbinski. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music was by Benjamin Walfish. Hmm. So, okay. Weird um, name. Great music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Aren't they all though? I have a weird name though too. Important so. to note. At one point, before it became synonymous with greatness and just being really cool, David Bowie was probably a weird name. Kind of. But now you say David Bowie, and there's no way to not. Although think. there was another man in history who had that name who made it pretty famous. Uh, I feel like his name was spelled differently though. Jim Bowie. Yeah. Wasn't it spelled differently? Inventor of the Bowie knife. Yes, I know. Uh huh. Took me a second. I think it was spelled different. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I do actually have a. It's not a phobia. That's the thing. So. Um, I feel like you say that a lot these days. <laughs> well, I mean, I know when a, when something ends in like. Uh, Oya? Or no, not not that. Obia. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, onomatopoeia. <laughs> Sorry, Koya. He was about to. <laughs> so, um Sorry, I was trying to get comfortable. <laughs> done adjusting. Uh paranoia. Stuff with chip bags or something. That's loud as there fuck. So paranoia, I think fits really well with this. Uh and it turns out, I didn't actually know this until recently, paranoia in its in and of itself is not that unusual. Uh pretty much everyone at some point in their life feels some form of paranoia. Um, you know, when you think people are talking about you, if someone la- then speaking another language starts laughing and you think that they're talking about you, that is actually paranoia. Um I apparently always thought that paranoia was something that's a much more severe form of mental illness when you can get to the point where you think that people are actually spying on you, like you think that there's things in your food that, you know, microchips and things that are like the government's using to keep track of you that is not typically classified as paranoia that is a very extreme form of mental illness that can be have similar symptoms i guess or similar affectations as paranoia but um some of the interesting things that i was reading about paranoia were uh in some of its uh like when it starts to get pretty extreme before it gets to the point where it'd be classified as a, a personality disorder or mental illness uh you can actually start to look back at previous conversations you've had that were completely neutral to you. And because you've had time to process them and think about them and you've had time to, to kind of feel anxious about it, you can actually see those later on with a feeling of uh, like dread or concern or mistrust because you're thinking back on something and being like, did they maybe say it this way? Did they mean that? And you start mistrusting people for things that they said before in a completely different tone because of it's how you perceive it later on. It's just, so that's not something that everybody does. Apparently not. So that's paranoia. Paranoia. Is paranoia an apprehension of things that is not real? An apprehension. Or can paranoia be an apprehension about things that are real? Like someone is out to get you. Or does that cease to be paranoia and becomes... Vigilance? I guess. <laughs> um, I think paranoia is more about people that you are currently or have in the very recent past interacted with, not people you haven't interacted with yet. Is that what you're asking? No. No. Okay. Then I misunderstood the question. (laughs) The way you describe paranoia, Mm -hmm. is it only paranoia? If it's not real. That's not true. 
if it's only your perception and not what actually happened. Yes. That's a good question. I don't know. But I would I would I would assume that if you don't have evidence to prove, then technically, yeah. I mean, if you can't prove, then I guess. But like Okay, so what I'm saying is that if you don't have the proof to back up what you believe, like if you yourself aren't convinced by the proof that you have and you just have this as a feeling like automatically with no proof, I think that would count as paranoia. However, if you're looking at pictures that somebody took of you using your phone at night and you're like, this is fucking creepy, like you're breaking into my house, (laughs) that is not paranoia. That's you actively assessing a situation and someone's intent and being mistrusting of them for 100% legitimate reasons. Okay. Okay. So, according to the Oxford Dictionary Oxford. Um, Oxford. definition of it, it is a mental condition characterized by delusions. So, well, delusions then, would not be real. By correct. delusions of, and then no. it has a list of different types of um So, that delusions. would be when it gets to be more extreme, like I was talking about, when like you have someone who... Um, a lot, a lot of people who suffer from uh, schizophrenia will suffer from delusional paranoia where they think like i said people are watching them to the point that they will start like ripping electrical appliances out of their house because they think that they have bugs in them oh i don't think that um but i do hate it when people watch me Mm. like if i drive through a neighborhood and someone's standing in the front yard like they'll just turn and like stare at the car as it goes by like who the fuck raised you (laughs) and paranoia is like it can be like a comorbid symptom along with schizophrenia or along with borderline personality disorder or along with these other things. And that kind of changes the types of delusions that you have. So somebody with borderline personality disorder may think that everybody in their life is like constantly abandoning them and putting them down and stuff versus a paranoid schizophrenic thinks that there's bugs in their skin and that their medication mm. is poison and stuff like that. So, um, which does not sound like fun. Even no. a little bit. No. Even in the slightest. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Believing without any proof that someone is doing terrible things to you or believing with 100% proof because you have proof that people are doing terrible things to you and being able to prove it, not being able to stop it. I think it's the latter. Mm. I've never encountered the second situation. Mm. So anyway, there have been people trying to do horrible things to me and I've stopped it. (laughs) Um, So I have um, on my phone, I have uploaded a synopsis of the plot of this movie because I watched it twice since we said we were doing this and now we're doing it. I've watched it twice, and I still don't have a firm grasp on it. Firm. On the plot points. Yeah. Purchase. You haven't made a good purchase of the plot just yeah. yet. Um, so we can refer to this if we need to. Good. All right. So. <laughs> we start with a very thirsty man. A very. Who is also unwell, apparently. Uh, yeah, he's having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say before we started that, that I... Waiting for the dog to get comfortable. Don't look at him. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like this movie, like I had a hard time following the plot points because this movie was a lot of 
the same throughout, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It felt a little... A little repetitive, maybe? I agree completely. Okay. Because, like, like, he'll go along with things, and things are kind of nice there, if you ignore his paranoia. Um, It's a nice spa, except for what happens, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, like, so he's kind of, like, going along with everything, and then he gets suspicious, he finds something out, and then, like, Volmer kind of puts him in his place, and he goes back to kind of being submissive Mm. and blind. And it repeats that cycle, like, four or five times? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, But they also have information that they probably shouldn't have available to the public, available to the public, if they're trying to keep this place a secret. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Also, spoilers from here on out, if you haven't watched Cure for Wellness, probably should. We're going to be talking about it openly and candidly and candidly. Spoilers. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Volmer's face is not his real face. He looks like Voldemort, kind of. And Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. And, and. (laughs) And Shasta Dar. Anyway. Yes. So, some weird broker nonsense happens with some hedge funds and their managers and whatnot. They're day traders. The something account. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, he didn't tell us what kind of camera equipment he's using, so we have no way of knowing how much money he makes. Presumably a lot. And I guess... All right. So as far as I understand the way that this is set up, the four heads or five heads of this company, this major hedge fund, all have equal say in how it's run. Okay. And quick question. What is a hedge fund? Um, like people talk about them all the time in TV shows, but like nobody ever really explains what one is. Here's my best educated guess. And listeners, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Hey, hedge fund managers, that listen to our <laughs> Mika. It is precisely 0.03% of the people that... I, I don't think they were dealing with a hedge fund at, at this thing, by the way. Oh, um, was it was the Reynolds me, account. Just made assumptions. Oh, Probably accounting a shit. or something. It's a, it's an investment firm. Um, hedge funds, I believe... I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think people pool their money together and then like they kind of like so to speak hedge their bets like instead of investing it all in like one thing they kind of like um okay kind of like balance it out with like smaller transactions so like insurance kind of like everybody pays into it and like then you insurance companies presumably get to do whatever the hell they want with all that money because they fight you to the nail to pay it to you many of them do also (laughs) You have to pay a lot of money in order to have them pay you the money that you've been paying to them for years. I won't mention which car insurance I have, but I got a crack in my windshield. And they said, well, the deductible for that's 240 bucks." I was like, okay. How much does it cost to fix it? 300 bucks. When I found a place that'll do it for... Yeah, they said, well, we have a place that'll do it for more money than that. And I found a place that would do it for 220 and they're like, oh, good for you. And then they just threw my claim out. Like, Yep. Well, I mean, it would make your insurance go up if you actually went through with filing the claim. But how can my deductible be more than... Yeah. It doesn't It doesn't make sense. No. Maybe in, like, San Francisco, a replacement glass is, like, a thousand bucks, but I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. Yep. Uh, so a hedge fund is an investment vehicle that caters to high net worth individuals, institutional investors, and other accredited investors. The term hedge is used because these funds historically fo- focused on hedging risk by simultaneously buying and shorting assets in a long short equity strategy. Those are a lot of words that I don't short understand. ass is what I heard. I was like one quarter correct. You were. <laughs> you were. Um, yeah, and see, like, it's people that do that stuff that makes me have absolutely no faith in our investment system mm-hmm. <laughs> for our uh, commerce. Our financial institution as a whole. Because people play it like a game, and people's lives hang in the balance. Anyway. Um, and then GameStop <laughs> comes in. <laughs> um, how, how much of what we've said already do I have to bleep out? Like A lot, I don't probably. We'll use your best judgment. I'll just overutilize bleeps i guess so as i was explaining the like three airlines and then for <laughs> game the f- bleep. jeff they boop so <laughs> so these like four or five heads of this company uh one of them Call decides them company, heads. company heads the hydro company heads uh one of them decides that they're not well and they go to this spa and they just up and fucking leave and they give everyone a letter saying that like they're not well and they've done terrible things and like they have to be held accountable and they go to the spa so the other heads of this company now want to absorb this person's share and they want to be able to like maybe not absorb a share but they they want control over what this person can say and do so no 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 that's not it you're at off all. off the mark here they need him back because he's the only one that's capable of sealing this deal with this account that they're trying to get. Nope. Um, <laughs> they're going to pin the blame on them. <clears throat> the, the dang Dehan, Lockhart, or whoever. Mm-hmm. He closed out this Reynolds account, which was a huge like merger deal between their company and somebody else's. But when he did it, he used illegal methods of accounting to move money around and stuff. So now that what is it, the SEC Security S- Security Exchange FCC. Commission? No, no, SEC Security Exchange Commission. Okay. With the merger going ahead, they want to look at all the books, and when they look at the books, they're going to find everything he did, and he's going to jail for a long time, and the company is going to be in very bad trouble. Okay. That's how this starts. Okay. They know what he did, and they say if you don't want to go to jail, and have unagreed sex with somebody other man that woman says that um she does you will go find pembroke bring him back here so basically so he can take the fall for everything but wasn't he one of the heads of the company he was okay so i was i was about as much right about this as you were about hedge funds fair enough so let's move on okay (laughs) (laughs) i do like when he was on the train in switzerland i think so Mm mm-hmm I think it's they mentioned Zurich. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. Uh, and the guy's like asked for his ticket, and so he gives him his ticket, and like business or pleasure, and he's got his laptop and like a cell phone and like accounting charts, and he's like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. And he gets to wherever this town is, and beautiful <clears throat> countryside. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Um. The Institute was gorgeous, too, Mm. if you don't count everything else. Um, But now, here's a question for you both. The driver, the guy they they sent from the Institute to pick him up in Zurich or whatever and drive him up to the Institute. Mm -hmm. Inside profile, did he not look like Tom Hardy? A little bit. He did. 
I was like, wait, is that Tom Hardy? No, no, this guy's like Latin, you know? I do really enjoy that actor a lot, and he's never, at least nothing that I've seen him in, he's never the main actor, but, like, he always plays the suave, charismatic, whatever he's doing. Like, he's got, like, that a cigarette combined and, with like... the profile of his face made me think, that's Tom Hardy. Hmm. He's just got a really, really great, like, this weird atmosphere and charisma about him. Like, whatever he's doing just kind of pulls you in. Yeah. I really like that actor a lot. Even when he's just driving a car. Yeah. A nice car. I think it was a Mercedes. Older, yeah. To kind of match the aesthetic of the... I don't think that he came from Institute. the Institute. I think that he was a, a car service that... Um, was continuous or often utilized by the Institute. I think you're right. Because after his car gets wrecked, he says the Institute gave him enough money to buy a new one. Yeah. And, and but they, like if he, he just worked for them, they would have bought one. Ties with them, too. Like, I mean... Yes. It's not like he's hanging around there waiting to go That's get true. people. He didn't call when it... Well, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Yeah. All right. All right. So Lockhart, yeah, he's driving up with... Um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, and he drives up to the Institute, tries to find Pembroke, and the lady's like, visiting hours are over. At And the sign says 4 o'clock, visiting hours are over. And he looks at his watch, and it's like 4.03. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, well, we must observe all the rules. So he's passively being denied access to Pembroke, at least. And then a little more forcefully being denied yeah. access to him. At that point, does he demand to see... Jesus. Does he demand to see... What's his name? He wants to see the director. Director Volmer, I Volmer. think. But the lady says, I'll see if I can get the manager for you. Okay. Notice the manager doesn't drink any water. Yes. Notice that none of them do. Yes. Now I remember this. Okay. And he does talk to him, offers him water, which I think he drinks at that point. He does. Um, it's very important. Thank you for that. Uh, drinks the water. The manager basically politely but assertively tells him that he's not going to see him today, that he can come back during normal visiting hours tomorrow. And then I believe he leaves, right? Or did they give him a room? No, no not yet. Okay. Um, okay. He comes out. I don't remember exactly all what happens after he meets the manager. He does drink a glass of water. He does. The manager takes his vitamins mm-hmm. um, from a little blue bottle. Yeah, a little dropper. Yeah, a little little uh, drop droplet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little tongue there. And I think he. I think it is at that point he comes back out once he realizes he's not going to see Pembroke today. And he asks the driver, he says, when's the last train out of Zurich? And he's like, 11. He's like, let's fucking go. Which he... Oh, I think now he has a car accident. Yep. Oh, yes. That is As they're happens. leaving, there's yep. a fucking full elk, like, running through... It's probably not an elk. It wasn't big enough. But it still, startled me. It's a big-ass deer. <laughs> it is a Swiss Alps. A Swiss Alps I don't know what that means for out. the biodiversity of their deer. But... Swiss deer. <laughs> it's a Swiss elk. Swiss deer. I like Swiss like steak. Chocolate. Each cool. one of its horn tips can do a different thing. <laughs> this one's a bottle opener. So it goes running out and has a horrific accident, like slams right into the windshield and starts kicking, and it's awful and terrifying. And it comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I, I mean, a deer can cause massive damage to a yeah. car. But I still don't understand... I just watched the silence, too, and the guy, the car ahead of them is driving, and deer come out... Oh my god! Jeez. Sorry, I can fix all this. Uh, all right, 
And like, instead of doing what any practical person would do, which is hit the brakes, like they start swerving and stuff and like hitting the gas. And it's like, can you just stop the car? Like, I don't get it. But it's not black ice. It's a deer. Okay. But if there is a, I'm just going to conservatively guess 150 pound animal with more than that, very powerful legs. 150 pounds. (laughs) They're like a ton. <laughs> okay, not quite that heavy. I don't. I'm was talking it about an elk. elk oh, not elk. Deer. Was yeah, it an elk? Yeah, elk. Yeah. I. Oh, okay, fine. I'm not sure about that. If it was an elk, then yeah, probably a little closer to like you know the weight of a decent sized cow, so like 1,800 pounds, I but, guess. But, but, I, I don't think we're accurate about the weights of mature elk, <laughs> cloven hoof uh-huh. animals. Let's hear it. My bet is 1,800 pounds. Uh, oh my! Uh, well, for deer, it was going to be 300 for a full grown male. I would guess 400 for an elk. For an elk, okay. Uh, mature bull elk weigh between 710 and 730 pounds. I was the closest without going over. They were. God damn it. I was thinking <laughs> Price cows. Price is wrong, bitch. Cows are way heavier than elk. Sorry. But I would like to point out, in the last podcast, I said, I told Victor that 25 is not divisible by anything, with some anger. Fake anger, in my voice. Fanger. Fanger. But that's not true. <laughs> What I'd meant to say, it's not divisible evenly, but it is divisible by five. So um, I, I retract it. I'd say yes. Yeah. Retractable statement. <laughs> so if you have a large, heavy animal with powerful legs stuck in your windshield kicking at you, I could see mistaking the gas for the brake and vice versa. I could see that. Possibly. And and or having glass in your face and just wildly hitting whatever pedals were close. Like, you know, fight or flight's a crazy thing. And, like, you don't remember how cars work when you're in that situation. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, they go... Uh, what's it? Ass over tits. And they go flying over ass, the guardrail. Yeah. They go flying ass over, over the guardrail. Ass over tits. Ass over tea kettles. Um, well, that's a good one. I like that. Ass over tea turvy. Windmill shenanigans. I think that's one. In and the they, Netherlands. When the car stops. <laughs> so they flip their kilt. and <laughs> That's the best one. We saw kilted men today. I swear to God, if you don't stop doing that, I am going to flip my kilt. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, Victor hit me so hard, I flipped my kilt. I can't wait. I, I'm going to get that tattooed on me somewhere. So when the car finally comes to rest at the bottom of this shallow embankment up against a tree, they pan over and they stay on this deer elk that I can't remember what species of elk. creature it was uh, for way too long while it's like raggedly breathing and suffering and slowly dying and trying to get up. And it's it, kind of awful. Like many other things in the movie, it's a metaphor. Yeah, but it's kind of awful. Well, it's kind of an awful movie. I don't need my metaphors to be so awful. You know, have Stop a crying clown. animals and things. It's just... I don't have a lot of sympathy for deer. Mm. I have never hit a deer, but my car has been struck twice <laughs> by deer. They have hit me, and it really pisses me off, I have to tell you. Yeah. Especially when it smashes your entire driver's side door. Windows yeah. still worked, but... Um, so, they take uh. him to the Institute to heal... Yes, because yeah. he has a broken leg. I don't know how they engineered that. I can only assume they engineered that accident. And that's I was thinking that too. I'm like, do they have mind control but, over this deer? Yeah, like who drug that deer down and was like, go! Volmer's out there yelling, ah! <laughs> a much more likely scenario would be they tell Volmer to hunt the deer on the property. 
and like a shot goes through, wrecks the car, and he's like, "I'm so sorry, I was hunting, and there was an accident." Yeah. It's like faking your death by having a trained pretend to be vicious lion eat you. <laughs> it it's like faking your death by being killed. <laughs> <laughs> But at any rate, yes, he yes. wakes up in the Institute with a big old-fashioned cast on his leg. That they are not very careful with, but somehow stays in pristine condition, and I don't understand it. It, does, it goes in water a lot. A um, lot. In steam, water, just in general in environments that you don't want to cast in, and it's fine. They told me reason. I had to wear a bag when, over my cast <laughs> when I broke my arm way back when. So I just stopped taking showers. Yeah, seems like a good enough reason. If you got a cast wet. It would stink. They smell so, bad to begin with. Yeah, but like if you got it wet and like it never dried and ugh, nope. Ugh. So yeah, he wakes up and um, that's when I think he meets Volmer for the first time. Yes, very um, well spoken. Volmer oh, is so charismatic. So, so charismatic. Um, very gentle in his speech. Very uh, very bedsidey doctory. I'd let that man put an eel down my throat. <laughs> that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Um, don't go flipping your kilt. Or it sounds like a cop out. That was my thing for a while. That right was there. your thing. You were gonna say, "Don't go breaking my heart," and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Don't don't go chasing waterfalls with eels in them." <laughs> but yeah, he's um, he's like, "Don't worry about anything." We called your people and told them where you were yeah. and what happened, and they were totally understanding. That. That should have been the first thing. Yeah, they were like they were totally understanding and said you should Seriously? get well. But then uh, started really? telling him that he couldn't see Pembroke because he was not doing well. Yeah. Well, no, he said you couldn't also, talk you can't to him. Leave. I mean, um, uh, get well soon. Stay here forever. Um, <laughs> no, he told him that he couldn't see Pembroke because he didn't want him to bring the outside stressors of the world back to Pembroke that he was so desperately getting away from and cleansing himself of. And they keep telling people to drink the water. Yes. And any ill effects that you feel is just impurities leaving the body. Yes. That's what they say it all the time. Toxins. I don't feel good. Yeah. It's just toxins being removed. It's like There's... every time I've been tried, someone's tried to introduce me to any religion. It's always about drink this thing. And if you feel sick, it's because it's the devil leaving your body. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. <laughs> he's actually pretty resourceful, it seems. Yeah. He's just wandering around. <clears throat> and the lady's like... Um, where's your room, sir? And he's like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. And she's like, well, what's your name? And he's like, Pembroke. And she's like, ah, oh, room 614 or whatever it was. So there's like maybe 30 staff 50. at one time. But there's two shifts because they're there. Someone has to be there awake 24 hours. I'm not convinced hours. any of them sleep. Mm. Okay. So let's just the say. The weird masturbating part kind of convinced me well, we're getting there okay. so there's 20 people or there's 50 50 people there's 50 staff and there's what maybe 100 patients 200 patients i'd say yeah yeah a couple hundred i'm gonna just about guarantee you that with that small number of staff and that small number of patients everyone would know everyone and i'm pretty sure that pembroke having been there for like two months at that point probably wouldn't have slipped through the cracks that someone was like oh yeah you're, you must be pembroke i can counter this argument um Bring i lived it. in a dorm mm -hmm. for uh, two years or so a couple other hundred students mm -hmm. college i knew eight of them <laughs> okay you actively avoid knowing people true it wasn't your job to take care of those other students 
and to manage their needs like you know linens and things <laughs> that's true so i mean it's, it's i'll concede that it's possible i guess i just i was like eh, whatever so she tells him where Pembuck's room is because he was so clever to tell him tell her that that was his name and she was like oh yes here, this is your room and then he i think heads that direction with his creaky fucking crutches <laughs> everywhere he goes yeah Um, I don't remember what he finds in his room. Nothing, I guess. Oh, somebody, I think somebody else asked him, like, are you lost? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm supposed to be. And he says Pemberg again. And they're like, oh, Steams. Oh, that's right. I don't yeah. think he goes to his room. And yeah. they tell him, like, you're you're due to be at the Steams now. So that's he goes right. down to the Steams where you see a bunch of naked old people getting hit with branches and Yeah, it's steamed. pretty odd. I guess that's therapeutic. I wouldn't mind a steam bath. That'd be great. That does sound nice. But getting whipped with maybe slightly warm leaves does not sound appealing <laughs> to me. Lukewarm leaves. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were... Um, I don't know. But um, he does find Pembroke <clears throat> in the steams. In the weird maze of steams. Yeah. Um, and they have a discussion about him coming back. And he's like, nah. But then he's like, what's the price? Like, he's almost coming back to himself. And Lockhart's like, what? And he's like, the price! What's the stock price? And um, I forget what he tells him. Yeah, some number that means something to him. And then he says, we'll leave first thing in the morning or something. Yeah, which... <laughs> yeah. If you thought that was going to happen, <laughs> probably not. My wires got crossed. Okay. And my... My brain thought about him in the elevator shortly later. I'm not going to talk about what it goes into. But oh, for some reason, my movie wires crossed and I had an image of the scene from Spider-Man where the guy rushes past Peter into the mm. elevator right before he, spoiler alert, right before he kills Uncle Ben. And I'm talking about the Tobey Maguire uh, um, well, one. you'll probably find that Uncle Ben getting killed by that person is pretty synonymous with Spider-Man overall. But, yeah, I don't know. My brain put that guy running into the elevator into this movie with Lockhart. Interesting. It <laughs> <laughs> <That> is interesting. <laughs> so, seems as though everything's going well. And what's-his-face is getting ready to leave the next morning. And at this point, he's met... A lovely trio of two very nice older gentlemen and a uh, very nice <clears throat> older woman who tells him that she really likes puzzles. And she's working on, like, a crossword puzzle, but it's her own words that she's cut out of different, like, books and things that she's putting together. And it's like she's making her own crossword puzzle with her own words, like sentences that she's cut out of books. It's yeah. interesting. I don't understand how that works. I feel like you could make whatever you wanted, so... I don't understand how that would get you to an answer. But anyway, so that's kind of cool. Oh, we did also skip one small. Jesus. Earlier on, before he uh, before he goes back down the mountain and gets into his accident. He is milling around like the main courtyard or whatever. Oh, I wanted to say this. Oh, never mind. I didn't. And there's, <laughs> and there's people playing croquet and someone hits a ball into the weeds 
And they're like, do you mind? And he goes and gets it for them. And when he goes to get it, there's this weird rusty storm grate that like leads into like a bubbling water. And there's like a weird, creepy kind of hissing noise going on. Like there's <clears> something <throat> down there. And he just kind of gives up after a second and grabs the ball and comes back. Well said. But there's there. Yes. And also, I think right before that, I think is the first time he meets the crossword lady. Because he says, mm. uh, just a really cool word, I think. But I forget what... Hang on. No, not that one. He says a really cool word that I can't remember. <laughs> I remember the word, but I, I forget the definition. Because she's doing crossword. Um, oh, that's right. Um, but i got to find the definition first. <clears throat> it's just kind of a cool word that I kind of forgot about and never really used. Um, okay, I, I don't know if this is the exact definition she said, but she was like, I can't figure out whatever, 11 down. And she says, formal release from guilt, obligation, or punishment. And they're like, well, I forget what they say, absolved or something and whatever. And he goes, absolution. Mm. Just kind of offhand, but like, I don't know, really struck me. Absolution. And that's when she's like, do you like puzzles? He's like, not really. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, fast forward. He saw Pembroke in the steams. Mm-hmm. He goes to leave the next morning. And I think a nurse lady is like, oh, I'm sorry, um, Mr. Pembroke got worse or something. Yeah. His and condition worsened. He can't leave. And he's like, well. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> And this is when the second time he sees Hannah, I think her name is, he sees her once as they're leaving and she's like apparently really fucking nimble because she's yeah. like jumping from uh, like the parapets on top of or the crenellations, I guess they'd be um, on top I, of like I think parapets fine. OK, um, she's like a crenellated parapet. Yes. <laughs> Running across. And every time he looks up, she's in a different spot like hundreds of feet from the last place that she was at every time he looks out the window so she's like following him down the mountain and i thought at first it was like an apparition or something but then he at this point in the movie um after he's told the pembroke is sick isn't getting better he sees her outside and he goes to talk to her by a small pond and uh or i guess it's like it's a fountain yeah it's a fountain she's like walking around the edge of it and they have like a uh it's I don't know how to describe it. It's not flirting. It's like a conversation where you kind of get the impression that she is not uh, at the same... I don't know how to describe what I mean. She's she's a child. Like, she has a kind of, like, this childlike innocence about her. Um, and he's kind of figuring some things out about her. And she says about the vitamins and how gross they are um, as she's taking them. I thought she was, like, 12. Yeah. I did not think that. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of gets to know her a little bit. And then I believe Volmer comes out as they're talking. Yeah. And he tells tells him at that point that she's a very special girl. And he doesn't like warn him off from talking to her or anything. But he just says that, like she's a very special girl and she's a special case. And like. She makes a comment that she's not allowed to go swimming. Too. Yeah. Um. While like there ha- he says something about like. The water looks so nice that you could, like, just jump in it or something like that. Like, he makes some sort of comment like that. And um, 
she says that her uncle won't let her. Hmm. <clears throat> yes. So I don't remember exactly what route things took after this. But at some point after this, the crossword lady tells Lockhart about the history of the Institute. Yes. Um, uh, that it was built on the ruins of a castle owned 200 years ago by a baron who desired an heir of pure blood and married his sister. Learning she was infertile, he performed hellish experiments on the peasants to find a cure. He succeeded, but after finding the carelessly buried bodies of his victims, the peasants stormed the castle and set it on fire. They captured the baron's pregnant sister, and the baby was cut from her room before she was burned. The baby was thrown into the local aquifer, but somehow survived. That's the history lesson that she gives him. Just I'm off- reading this from uh, the Wikipedia. Yes. She just sounds- offhandedly tells him this. It sounds a little bit like Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> like the original grim fairy tale version <laughs> yeah, of <I> it. <laughs> I like Cinderella, because the crows peck out her evil sister's eyes when she's getting married. Mm-hmm. But also they cut their ankles off to try to fit in the slippers. Yeah, their one cut an ankle. Toes. Yeah, and one cut a toe. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, that's uh, grim and dark. Uh, and then I believe... No, just grim. Oh. Grim's fairy tales. Yeah, that's... <laughs> 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 oh, tickled. Um, yeah, I'm honestly having kind of a hard time remembering the exact sequence. But I think After the... this, he gives her the ballerina and they go to town. Okay, I was going to say, very On shortly after this. Velocipede, or whatever it is. <laughs> he... Well, doesn't he see him or is that after that's after okay all right because this is when they're going right. to town and he wants to make a call to no he is able to the next plot point is that he's able to actually lift pembroke's medical records um that's right and that's when he gets out to they go to town he convinces the girl to take him to town and then he leaves her there, like a complete asshole. Yeah, like at a bar. Yeah. With some shady types in it. We'd be okay here for a second, even though you've never been outside of the Institute. All right. And he saw the driver there, <laughs> and the driver told him that, like, people don't ever come back down the mountain. Like, he told him that. He knows that she's never left the mountain. She's not allowed to come down. He knows that she's a very special girl because Volmer told him that. And how she, I think he even said she has the mind of a child. She's not, she's not, like, developed. She, he says something like, polite about it but basically that she is not developed enough to like to match her physical appearance she has the mind of a child so like he knows all of this about her and then still fucking leaves her there because he wants to go find a medical professional or someone that can read these charts for him which he's vaguely told yeah go down the street and go to this person's house like 10 minutes away <laughs> yeah and, and he wants to call new york and he wants to call new york um so he takes his like walks his on his crutches so even slower to go and find this person and like yeah, um, and I guess the guy is like the local everything, so he's like the local vet and the local butcher, butcher, and like <laughs> so they're there, and this cow's like in this weird contraption, laying on its side and like groaning, and he's like, yeah, you know, there's some metaphor about whatever and like greed and talking <laughs> about the people in the hill, and then he says about how this cow got out of its pen and started drinking dirty water, and he's gonna put it out of its misery. Sewer water. So he cuts its stomach open. Like, 
That's not putting anything out of its misery. That's increasing its misery exponentially for the last few seconds of life that it has. Like, yeah. that's awful. <laughs> so that's what stuck with me about him. Like, he's a fucking hypocrite. Well, the butcher man, aside from that, he... Lockhart pays him a lot of money yes. to look at the dossier. Um, and he says, this is not a healthy man. Hmm. I don't know exactly what's wrong with him. But it looks like he's suffering from severe dehydration. Which everybody is. Except Volmer and his flunkies. Yes. So he's looking at the charts, specifically his uh, dental records. And he's saying that, like, he's, like, you can see in the dental records, like, there's huge gaps in the x-rays where he's losing teeth. And he says that it's severe di- dehydration. And that's when Lockhart says... <laughs> severe diarrhea. Yes. that Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Um, that could lead to dehydration. Okay, but they're drinking water all the time, so there's something wrong with the water. And that's what he says. Lockhart says, like, that's all they do is drink water. But I, I am a fanatical drinker of water. Don't you think I would know if the water I was consuming was not good for me at the time? Like, if you pour me a glass of tap water and a bottle of spring water, I'll know the difference. Well, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll know that there's something wrong with the water that it's going to eventually hurt you. Okay. Yeah, like, I think most spring water tastes like trash, but, yeah. That's the best water! Um, but, like, I don't know that I've ever thought that it would hurt me. Well, at any rate, um, Hannah, like, starts doing, like, girl stuff. I did not think she was 12. But it could just be because I kind of knew who Mia Goth was before this movie, mm. and I knew she wasn't 12. Yeah. I think she was like 21 or 22 when they made this movie. Yeah, no, she just looks very, very young. She and... does. But I've met some other people in my life who were small and looked young, but who were older than I was. Yeah. Depends. <clears throat> so, Hannah's like, putting on lipstick that she found in the bathroom and dancing. I just want to clarify that I didn't necessarily think the actress was 12. I thought the character that Mia Goth was portraying was 12. That's fair. I just needed to make that clarification. She's not 12, is she? Turns out. She's not even 20, is she? (laughs) (laughs) She's not even 50, (laughs) is she? (laughs) Keep going. Um, I like that in Lord of the Rings when Eowyn's Asking Aragorn how old he is. You cannot He's like, oh, yes. Because he knew Theoden when he was a kid. Yeah. She's like, but, you know, you'd have to be 60 now. And he's like, 70? Yeah. I think he's, what is he, 83 or something like that? 87. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I do like, I read a synopsis of Aragorn once and it said, he's basically just described as a man who is superior to his environment. It's like that like explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> His combat ability, like he could run forever, like 150 miles a day. Like just anything. <laughs> just real quick. There's an amazing meme of this character from the office who's handed two pictures and they're like, corporate wants you to find the difference in these two pictures. And it's the same picture. And that's like, she like looks at the pictures and looks at the camera and goes, it's the same picture. So people have been taking that and making it like a meme out of it. And there's one where they take two pictures, one of, some hobbits and then one of a bunch of pillows and they give it to a ring wraith and they're like corporate wants you to find the difference between these pictures and it's like <laughs> it's the same picture 
<laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. That's amazing. That's good. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. There's a bunch of assholes in the bar who apparently want to uh, do terrible things to this girl because she is different. Um. Because that's I yeah. I know, guess there needs to be turmoil here. So. Uh, Lockhart gets back, finds that he was terribly naive for leaving this poor girl. Volmer shows up and stops everything in its tracks. <sighs> They're getting into a fight, and he's kind of holding his own, but also not really. Probably hasn't really thrown that many punches in his life. He's got a crutch he shot has in. one leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's about to get yeah worked over pretty good. And that's when Volmer comes in, and it's done. Everybody gets real quiet. <laughs> yeah. And Volmer, like, he is surprisingly calm, but you can tell that there's, like, this intense fury under the surface, and it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. As he loads everyone back in the car, and then... Um, yes, so they go back. Lockhart's like... The bartender, whoever, makes a comment about, like, um, Lockhart's... They're trying to make them go back, and the bartender is like, oh yeah, like you have one escaped from the institution or something like that. And so, like, the townspeople are acting like Lockhart is not well, and that's why he needs to go back to the institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I forget what all happens in the interim again. Oh, he does actually talk to New York, I believe. He, he does call him, and they're like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? You never called us. Nobody called us. Yeah. And he's like, what, what, what? And then, like, bar stuff happened. And then bar stuff happened, yeah. Um, so. Yes. Is this the part where he finds the distillation wing of the Institute? I believe so. I think it is, because it's next in line on my paper here. He, like... <laughs> yeah, so he's having terrible... Uh, like he keeps waking up because the toilet um, handle keeps jiggling, mm-hmm. and he ha- he does that one night before this, and then this night when he wakes up, he goes and takes the back of the toilet off, and finds that it's full of eels, and f- freaks out about it, and like rips his toilet from the wall. <laughs> because they all start swimming back down through the back of the toilet back out through the drain and he like he's like like rips the toilet from the wall which is another point where he is covered in water so his cast and everything are covered in water um yeah also I think we skipped something fairly important what's that the um aqua therapy the, oh, when he's putting the I tank. do think we skipped that. That's way earlier on, because that's when he's still trusting of Volmer. Yeah, they, they put him in a, a uh, immersion tank. Yeah. yeah. Which is terrifying. I don't understand why that one's so big. I don't think real immersion yeah. tanks are that big. It's like basically a grain silo that they fill with water <laughs> yeah. and seal from the top. I've never seen one, except in Stranger Things, I guess. But yeah. I don't think an immersion tank has to be that uh-huh. immense. No piece of steel i think it's just like a little thing but anyway they put him in the tank and shut the lid yeah and he's like just tap on the glass if you need anything which he wouldn't have heard anyway yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
And then weird nurse lady comes in and like takes her top off, and then nurse guy starts jerking off to it. And it's weird because she specifically puts herself between this guy's line of sight and Lockhart in the tank, so as to not let him see this terrible thing that's about to happen to Lockhart. Right. But like, but nurse guy and nurse gal are on the same team. Yeah, I don't understand what the point of that I don't know. was, other than just to be weird. And it was weird. It was <laughs> weird. weird. So while this guy is um, jacking off to this woman who has her top off ten feet from him, instead of like actively interacting <laughs> with her in any way, which I, I mean, that's their thing. I'm not king shaming. That's your thing. You do you. Um, you know, maybe don't do it when someone else's life is in your hands, but you know. Safety is in your hands. Uh, and while Lockhart is in the tank, he starts getting nibbled on by a bunch of eels. Really big eels. They um, just, they start by booping his leg. And then he's yeah. like, the fuck? And yeah. then another one does. And he's like, the fuck? And then yeah. like, they're all like, Boop, all around him. Mm-hmm. And he panics and loses his breather thing. And I guess he drowns. But then like, they bring him out, you know, and he's fine. Yes. Because he swims to the top and the hatch is locked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I don't understand either. Um. Alright, so now Yes Tears the shitter off the wall Loses a tooth Yes, he loses a tooth And he takes it down to the desk And yeah. she's like Do you want a bag? <laughs> no. An envelope She says, I'll put it in some milk Oh, that is what she says That is what she says. Because that's what you're supposed to do For some reason when you have exposed nerves For whatever reason You're supposed to put it in milk I think it has to do with like, the proteins in milk Like keep it I don't know. Milk is like a nutrient, but... There's something you're supposed to do about it. So she says, I'll put it in some milk. And then he... Puts, like, a paper towel on his gums and then somehow slips past her? She turns around to give him his tooth milk and then he's gone. Yeah. And I forget what he... Fucking Sherman going by. There it is. Place Um... a tooth in a cup of milk to prevent the tooth from drying out. The logic is that the cells of the tooth's root won't swell up and then burst, and that's what happens if you put the tooth in water. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Good to know. Um, if I lose a tooth, I'm not saving it. I'll just get a fake one. Like, um... <laughs> I don't want that one back in. It fell out. I'll take a new one. <laughs> <clears throat> what if it gets knocked out, though? Because, like... it's like, this fucking thing was knocked out of my mouth... And now it's back. What a badass tooth. Well, I guess. <laughs> anyway. So, I forget what he sees <laughs> while she's there. I think he sees, like, a sign that says, like, Achtung or something like that. Because um, they have a lot of German stuff mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Because there is no Swiss yes. language. Um, I think it's... He's looking over... Or Ausgang. That's stairs. Or exit. I know that. <laughs> He's looking over the paperwork, and I think he sees Pembroke's name associated with something. Mm. And he either takes that uh, paperwork or he mm. writes it down, and then he's trying to find it. And that's what uh. sends him on his little mini quest. Mm. His mini quest mm-hmm. takes him to the distillation wing. Yes. Where you surmise that this water they're drinking is actually poisonous. Yes. Or something. Or something. And... In order to make it into the vitamins that all the weird people take, they make people drink it, pretty much, a lot of it, and then they put them in, like, these sweat chambers. It, it looks like an iron lung. It does. He only sees it briefly, 
And then he goes into another room <clears throat> where he sees bodies just floating in large vats of water. Like drown bodies. And one of them is Pembroke. Yeah. And he's like, the fuck? Like, these people are dead. And he's freaking out. And I think if I remember correctly. Oh, no, we don't. I was going to say, I think we see eels swimming around them. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think I imagined that. Um, but he knows something's up. Like it's this isn't just him, his imagination. He isn't just feeling paranoid about things. Like he he legitimately has proof that he um, these feelings are accurate, they're real, and they're justified, and that there's something awful happening here. Um, that's when paranoia becomes fact. vigilance. Well, vigilance. That's right. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. I'm gonna start a college or an institute or something and that's what i'm gonna have above it paranoid like, paranoia becomes vigilance paranoid vigilance new band name i call it <laughs> when paranoia meets fact it's vigilance <laughs> um but he sees unfortunately um poor miss puzzle girl i don't i don't remember her name um oh um her last name is watson i think yes or watkins sorry and then she tells him that she figured it out and he needs he she figured out the puzzle and she was going to tell him and she gives him a little bit more information and tells him that the rest of it's like in her room or something like that. Um, and then he has to flee because he knocked something over, I think. And they're coming to find him. Yeah. After he sees them distilling people's sweat stuff into the little blue bottles of vitamins, mm-hmm. um, he goes in the next room and she's laying there. I don't remember if she moves or like if he sees something move under her skin. Oh, that's right. It's like and in he's like, and he backs up and hits a shelf full of um, vitamin right. bottles that fall over and go. To Thankfully, they're empty because those are man, take a lot to distill those vitamins. Uh, yeah. And I think at this point he hoofs it and he goes back to town again and tries to get the police to help him. He gets caught as he's leaving, and he gets taken to the dentist room. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm positive. As as, as he's leaving, oh yeah, I guess he's they trying did. to get away, and then that's when he sees Volmer again, and he's like, "You are not well." Like he says about his his tooth, he's like, "I lost my tooth. I just I'm feeling better <laughs> now." Showing up in places you're not supposed to be. <laughs> I want to go back to my room now. He's like, "No, we'll get you taken care of." And that's when he says, "The doctor is you know, like the best." I don't want you to get an infection. Yes, does all of their doctor like does all of their 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 tooth doctoring dental needs. And uh, they strap him to a chair and says something about the the anesthetic would be another poison in your body that you would have to flush out so we can't give you it. So they start ripping his teeth out by drilling straight into them. Well, they don't bother to fix his teeth. They just start torturing him. Yes. Is what they do. Um, And then once he once they put him back in his room again after torturing him, seeing all that he's seen, they just let him go. And that's when he makes his trip into town again Uh, that's true but i don't remember oh he sneaks in the back of the driver's car when he drops another old lady off yeah a nice oh yeah what does he say he's like what are you doing he's like just fucking drive which is like holding a paper towel bloody (laughs) mouth yeah so he goes to the one police officer in this town um (laughs) to make a long story short he's like i need help i want to go back home blah 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 and the guy's like don't worry we'll, we'll get it all taken care of and he's a member of the institute or on their payroll somehow. Yeah, he somehow. has a bottle of yeah. vitamins. He does. He does, that's true. Um, but, I mean, to be fair, this person is 
from this area or from this this institute that you know people who are unwell go to. Um, ugh, sorry, beer burps. There's a bunch of beer burps there. Uh, please cut that out. Anyway, <clears throat> it's up to me, really. It is really up to you. I guess. You guys foisted all the editing on me. I'm keeping what I want. I am. I'm complaining. You know, like, it's fun being in control of stuff. You it know, is. Like, it's very heady. I wouldn't know what that's like. I'm in control of like one percent of my life. Um, I can choose what size paper towel I want because I can pick my size when there I go off the roll. It's a little thing. Although I think I chose like the ones that have like half sheets, mm. and then I get home and find out it's just the regular ones. So then I have to tear them myself. Ugh! Like such a hassle. It is. <laughs> That's an allegory for life, right there. Um, so he's he's from this institute. And he tells the the police officer that basically all of the things that he's seen. So he sounds crazy because this sounds crazy. He's from this institute. So even if this police officer wasn't on the payroll, which presumably he is, and he's somehow involved with them, he does sound unwell. And then they get there and he pulls a knife and starts threatening people, which does not help his case. No. So, yeah, he's not exactly in the best, not painting him, himself in the best light here. His actions are making him kind of. <laughs> prove that he should be in this institute <laughs> yeah um so they take him back and then this is the final straw for volmer where he's finally like okay fine like i gotta stop giving you chances like five chances is all the more people get in my institute <laughs> 27 strikes and now you can't leave again so <laughs> because um when he brings him back this last time that's when lockhart makes a big stink in the middle of dinner with everyone and starts like throwing bottles around and uh, telling people that there's something in their water and uh, telling people that they're sick. And I believe if I'm remembering correctly, Volmer starts like chanting and no. like, that's not here. Well, they start like murmuring and chanting. Oh, but it's like night of the living dead. Oh, okay. I thought he like did something that like, like commanded that them. man is making you sick. And Volmer's like, I wouldn't do that. Oh, that's right. And, like, all the old people get up and they're like, let's all put our hands on you. Like, what were they going to fucking do? Yeah. Like. (laughs) Yeah. It's just weird. Like, I don't. I know that I. I think if that happened to me, I could hardly go to the police and be like, I was assaulted. (laughs) You were just touched a lot. (laughs) Like, by old people. That's not really a crime. And you fell down yelling. (laughs) (laughs) But, like. So. I made this comparison. Max, you are here in court, and you accuse the Institute of letting a bunch of old people touch you a lot. That's correct. <laughs> uh, we're going to let this one go. Case <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, dismissed. <laughs> this is like... Uh, I said this whenever I saw the movie. I texted Max, Max this, because he recommended this movie to it. Well, he picked this movie for the podcast. Um, I said, this is like the Las Plagas from Resident Evil 4 <laughs> but more charismatic like with more funding yeah <laughs> so like anyway I don't understand what mental hold he has over these people or why they act this way but like yeah they just start chanting and like vaguely touching Lockhart and he just sort of freaks out and falls over <laughs> he's um, like that red panda in that video <laughs> that you like so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he passes out I guess and they uh, take him down and put him in one of these oh. distillation wings, which is like Kitty said. This is where like, the movie took a turn. <laughs> they put him in this. Essentially, it's an iron lung, and um, 
forget. Is it filled with water or is it just an iron lung? I think it's in? just hot. It makes you sweat. Okay. Yeah. And Volmer <sighs> tells him his evil plan. <laughs> yep. And you learn that he is the he's the Baron. Don't give it away. Oh. I don't think, I don't we, think we know that yet. No, not yet. Because I think it's after this he finds the picture. And he's all like Okay, yeah, you're right. So I take that back. But he Cut that does. Off. A metal or a rubber, like he holds his mouth and nose, or he holds his nose until he has to breathe. And when he opens his mouth, he puts like this gag in it with a hole in the middle, and then he forces a rubber hose down his into his stomach. It's a really, really wide hose too. It's really big. It's kind of really <laughs> uncomfortable. I guess like, anything being forced down my throat would feel too big. Like sometimes you take like a multivitamin, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, wow, that pill was huge, but it wasn't. It was like it a quarter goes, of an inch wide. It goes down the wrong way, and you're like, my god. <laughs> to me, every single like, there's one one of my pills. Even though there's a couple other that are around the same size, it's like the material of it or something, and mm-hmm. I try to swallow it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like swallowing a roll of pennies. <laughs> So, yeah, it's horrifying, and he tells him, basically, he tells him that the aquifer, the water from the aquifer has amazing properties, but only if it's distilled correctly, it has these amazing rejuvenative properties that, uh, his proof of his point is that these eels that live here are found in another part of the world, but only here in this this island in their aquifer do they live to be like two hundred years old. Everywhere else, their they lifespan have a is ridiculous like, lifespan. Yeah, everywhere else is like a five year expectancy <clears throat> for them or whatever. Um, as he's telling him this and monologuing with this giant tube down his throat, he pulls a lever slowly, and you see that there's large, full size, like at least six, seven inch long eels that start I think swimming. They were elvers, which are baby eels. I'm gonna keep calling them eels. Goslings. Um, <laughs> they haven't gotten their feathers yet. Um, that slither down this pipe into Lockhart. And yeah, it's awful. I'm pretty sure it's just consuming the water and then sweating it out is what makes the elixir. I don't think he had to eat the eels. I don't understand what the point of that was other than just sheer torture. Ugh. To have like, could you imagine what it would feel like to have a living thing wriggle around inside your tummy? No. That sounds awful. I did eat a live goldfish once. On purpose? On a dare. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to give you an out. <laughs> I don't know how you'd eat a live goldfish by accident. No. I was making a wrap. No, and... it was on purpose. Did you know that scientists actually don't know how eels reproduce? They don't. Really? So I've heard. Yeah. They've never actually seen it happen. I get the feeling there's a lot of things scientists don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the whole thing about science, though, isn't it? Like, it's always... I mean, it is. There's always something new. (laughs) But people go, this is how the universe works. And I go, are you so sure about that? Because 200 years from now, somebody's going to look back on what you said and be like, look at that fucking idiot. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Now you look back, people thought the universe revolved around the Earth. And we go, those idiots, they're going to say the same things about you in a thousand years. (laughs) I want to be here for it. Me too. <laughs> I want to know what it is. But don't get me wrong. I like science. I believe science is great. Yeah. But I just don't think people should be so arrogant about it. I think that it's funny whenever people are like, their opinion on this thing changed. Five years ago, they said this, and now they're saying this. And you're like, that's science. Yeah. That is science. <laughs> that is literally the definition of science. It is, is always evolving. To constantly 
whatever. So um, <laughs> after he gets these eels forcibly put inside of him at an undeterminate amount of time later, we see him just sitting on a park bench enjoying the scenery and Hannah comes and sits down next to him and he's very clearly unwell. And I don't understand the correlation between this weird water parasite eel thing and their mental like pl- plasticity or their, their how placid they are. I think that's plasticity. I don't know the word, but like he's very clearly like brainwashed. Like he's sitting there. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very pretty here. Like, he's just really, like, it's like he's had a lobotomy. But, like, I don't understand how that has anything to do with the water. And, like, well, they're real physical eels. But earlier he saw, like, these small parasites in his drink. And he saw in, what did you say her name was? Anna? No. Watkins. Watkins. Victoria Watkins. Had something, like, in, in her skin. Like, living in her skin and wriggling around. So, like, that probably wasn't an eel. So, like. What is this? Like, I don't understand. But yes, she sits down next to him and tells him that, you know, true love can conquer all and to believe in himself and then gives him a... <laughs> she gives him back the ballerina. Yes, and somehow that breaks the spell. Somehow that's related to his mom. Yeah, she made them. She had <clears throat> schizophrenia. <sighs> yeah, but... He went to visit her before he went to Switzerland... Did um, she die while he was in Switzerland? That was That's the, the impression that get. I got. They, I thought she died while he was that there. That whole thing confused the hell out of me. Because they flashed to her funeral. And yeah. I'm like, and he's there. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the the priest or whoever is like, is anyone else coming? And he's like, there is no one else. Yeah. I don't understand. Did he just imagine that before he left? Did he... I'll say right now that I have a problem with that. I really don't like it in movies and shows whenever someone can break out of like some kind of block they have because like someone believes in them. And I know that sounds really <laughs> pessimistic, but like it bugs me a little bit. Like in this one, like he's under some kind of weird spell because he's got eels shoved in him. Um, <clears throat> and he, I guess comes out of it because she gives him the ballerina and that helps him like understand what's going on. But mm-hmm. like, what? Why? Why is he able to just break out of it? Why is no one else broken out of it? I don't. It's a metaphor. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of what I hear about this movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, she gives him the ballerina thing, and then <clears throat> um, he's in his room. I th- think at this point he picked up. Victoria Watkins stuff like all her clippings and stuff. Yes, yeah. And he's sitting there like looking at the clippings and stuff, and, and then he breaks his glass and starts cutting his cast off, and he pulls the cast off and realizes his leg isn't broken after all. I guess it's only been a couple of days since the accident. I literally do not know. Yeah. I was like, depending on how yeah. long he's been here, like it makes sense that he would have healed, but I don't know. It takes like. I don't know about a leg. It took my arm like six weeks to heal. Yeah, that's typically. And I think just after he does this, he looks out the window and sees like the groundskeeper wheeling a suspicious cart Mm -hmm. into like this old abandoned brickwork building that is the entrance to the aquifer. And he decides to follow him. So he follows, follows this guy down and sees him dumping dehydrated husks of what were once patients mm-hmm. into the water and the eels are like eating them like piranhas it's a it's a metaphor no <laughs> <laughs> it's a like a 
food chain thing. Like, they eat the eels, I guess, and drink that water. And then when they die, they dump the bodies into the aquifer for the eels to eat. And I guess. Stuff. So he's hanging out there, and the groundskeeper somehow figures out that he's there when he comes back down or something. And, like, they get to fighting, and then he... Excuse me kills the groundskeeper i think i think he's dead he hits them in in the head with a brick pretty hard it's hard enough they go down Mm -mm. and simultaneously while this is happening hannah is wearing a weird dress and walking into a pool of water i think on her own volition i don't think it was something that she was directed to do yeah um and while she's walking in the water blood just starts pouring out of her and all these eels start coming out of nowhere because that's what happens anytime you're in any, anywhere near any open water in this facility. <laughs> anywhere. Eels and sharks are basically the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. More eels can go fuck themselves. <laughs> that's some more. <laughs> they don't need to be anywhere near me. <laughs> um, they aren't, though. Yeah. Like, no. really ever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she gets her period, mm-hmm. which you find out is what Volmer has been waiting for all this time. Creepily. And as Lockhart puts all this stuff together, you find out that he is the Baron. I thought you were just saying he is, He's, the Baron is still alive, and this is his daughter now, who was thrown into the aquifer. Um, and was saved by its life-giving properties, even though it's poisonous water. Yeah. But, so everything that Volmer has been doing since the castle burned the first time... <laughs> fell over and sank into the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like the fucking invisible man watching over the construction. Yeah. Lockhart, oh. before he goes down to the death pit, he finds the photograph of the Baron, I guess, watching over the reconstruction of the castle. And he breaks it and he unfolds it and there's a little girl holding the Baron's hand. And, um, yeah, everything that he's done has just been to now legally get away with making this vitamin that prolongs life. And while he researches a way to find out how to make Hannah have her period. And it turns out, he explains it, she was well, physically anyway, but him taking her to the town and her experiencing being like a young woman was a cure for wellness. And that's how she got her period eventually. Yeah, she had to like mentally mature enough that her body would follow suit i guess Mm -hmm. is as much as i can get from that and she oh i'm sorry we we mixed up scenes surprising no one um (laughs) they both confront volmer at like the same time and that's when volmer looks down and realizes that volmer volmer looks down and realizes that lockhart doesn't have his cast on anymore and uh, also realizes that Hannah is covered in blood from the waist down. And she's like, what's happening to me? And Lockhart's like, you're a crazy man. You're doing this stuff to people. And that's when the crowd like overtakes him. But I don't remember how he gets out of that. 
I don't remember either. It doesn't matter. Really. I guess not at this point. You don't come to the show because actually, I don't know why you come to the show. Why are you listening to us? <laughs> so he leaves the death hole. Volmer, Volmer marries Hannah <sighs> or something, which was his intention all along. And all of the, the people that work at the spa, those are like his acolytes. Yeah. And now they're having like a weird midsummerish dance in the banquet hall, I guess. Yeah. And Volmer takes Hannah down to his dungeon to rape her, essentially. To attempt to procreate with her. Yes. Forcibly, yeah. To continue his pure bloodline. That's like his only obsession. And yet he succeeded. Like that's his daughter. It's messed up in a lot of different levels. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. but she isn't having it and hits him and you see like a little seam on his face Mm. and he's like, well, can't believe he did that. (laughs) And while he's like tying her to the bed and molesting her and stuff, Lockhart shows up and he throws a gas can. Um, and I forget what he says. Some, you know, some heroic thing. He says... We don't need no water. Let this mother burn. And then sets it on fire. That's not what happened. But <laughs> Lockhart, or I mean, um, <laughs> Homer. Says fire. <laughs> this guy is on fire. <laughs> um, he rips his face off, which I, I don't know if it was like Look real skin or. Face off. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he. He sets him on fire, and he's like, oh, man, that was really tough. Like, this whole thing has led up to here. This boss fight went really well for me. <laughs> As Volmer's, like, dancing around on fire, and she's like, dude, he's, like, gonna get you. <laughs> Volmer's scared of being on fire. And then just puts himself out, and he's like, oh, fuck. Before all this, he peels his face off, and beneath it you see, like, I don't know, it's, like, green mucusy face. So, which is, like, an, like a wound that, like palpates by itself. Yeah. I thought that was after he was on fire. I guess no! Oh, well, my mistake. I apologize. He looks like the slightly rejuicified mummy from the, A little the mummy. Bit. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, then he sets him on fire. He's like dancing around. He's like, poof, my job's done. And it's not at all. Well, he's trying to <laughs> untie... He gets one of Hannah's arms untied. Yeah. And then Volmer starts beating his ass. Throwing him into stuff and knocking over jars full of things. Because he's super strong, too. Because why not? Well, yeah. Um, um, seems like every vaguely supernatural thing that changes your physiology in even the vaguest way also makes you super strong. Well, For yeah. some reason. It's always the way it happens. Duh. Like being pure evil <laughs> does for... He was um, kind of pure evil. What's his name? Mike Myers. That's the one. Uh, I guess. Enough to lift, like... 2,800 pounds of granite. <laughs> um, yeah, so they have a fight, which is really one-sided. <laughs> and <laughs> Volmer's about to throw Lockhart into the eel lake. And Hannah goes, Dad. And he stops and he turns around and like you hear like the shovel go whoop. No. And it's buried into his skull then. And he falls into the eel pit and is eaten by the eels. And during the fight, some fiery stuff gets knocked and the ashes the cinders go up the vents that go into the institute yes and the curtains catch fire and start to burn and then everything starts to burn you keep saying into the eel pit and all i can think is like some tv show about like hillbilly like they're really hillbillies like 
she keeps that up, we're gonna throw her in the eel pit. Like, for some reason, that's <laughs> all I can think in my head. I don't think... Uh, hillbillies Beverly would be... Hillbillies had an eel pit. Like leech pit, maybe. <laughs> I don't know about eel pit. But, but he did fire his gun into the ground in his hillbilly property and oil started squirting out. <laughs> There's oil that close to the surface. I feel like you've been in danger for a long time. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't die of fumes immediately. So, yeah, I imagine it wasn't very hard for her to get that shovel into his head. It was probably, if his face was any indication. Oh, mushy. Yeah, it was probably like, you know, putting it into a boiled potato. Um, so yeah, he just kind of like gets this dumbfounded look on his face and falls back. And Is gets... that much distinction between a boiled potato and a baked potato? Um, a boiled potato is juicier, I think. Well, if you boil potatoes, you're probably making mashed potatoes. Yeah, but like before you mash them, that's what I think his head was like. Okay. That's specifically like, like not after you mash them, if you put it into like the shape of a head, that's, that's too mushy. That's too easy. I think we could compare them to a hard boiled egg too. That's because they're not, I mean, they're still an egg, you know, like it's not easy to break or it's not hard to break one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Grapefruit. I mean, I don't like grapefruit. No, they're not great. <laughs> if you have to put sugar, that much sugar on something in order to eat it, it's probably not something I, you should be eating. No. <laughs> so, um, here's my question to all of this. Okay. Does he not have eels in him anymore? Is he okay? Like, what? Does that ever get resolved? Does he just poop the eels out? I, I think the eels were a metaphor. Are they still eating? <laughs> I know it sounds like a cop-out, but... 100%. <laughs> it's nothing to go flip when you're killed over. I would have really liked... It would have felt a lot more succinct to me and made more sense to me if when she sat down and like sat down next to him on, on the park bench and was talking to him, if because he was super you know placid and and like wasn't himself, if she just like tilted his head back and put one of the vitamins on his tongue and then gave him the little ballerina. He... Took the vitamins at the bar. I'll have you know. What bar? At the the, the bar. only bar. <laughs> That's a nice bar. It's the only bar. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, like he buys two beers and sits down with her. And she sips the beer and she's like, Ugh. And then she takes her vitamins and he's like, well, can I try those? And she's like, yeah. Oh. And she gives him one and he's like, ugh. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe that's why. I know I'm right. Maybe that's why he was able to break out. So maybe that was it. Well, that it it just justifies what you said, but but I feel like now if we're she would so far off. If she would have given it to him <laughs> and then given him the ballerina and he'd stared at it for a few minutes and then like started retching and then thrown up all the eels, that would have been a little bit more succinct for me. But like him, they just never mentioned it again. So like I just, what happened to the eels is all I'm asking. Like, is this like a did they survive? <laughs> like a dreamcatcher scenario where he gets off the toilet and like well. I guess he didn't get off the toilet and drink <laughs> Not really. Whatever that guy's name was. <laughs> Jonesy. Um, yes. So um, the whole building's on fire because all of their oh, curtains are was, made of sheer. I almost said, no, I can't even say what I was going to say because it's in bad taste. Mm. That was Thomas Jane. Right? In Dreamcatcher. Wasn't he the psychologist? It might have been, actually. Uh, he's riding her bicycle down the hill and she's on the back of the bicycle. Away from the burning mansion with the acolytes on fire. Just fine. Fuck them. And thankfully, everyone was, like, shushled outside, even though all the acolytes were inside as part of the ceremony. I guess the doors weren't locked, so all the patients are on the front lawn now. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully. <laughs> Just meandering around like yeah. a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> Which we're led to like believe. Like the beginning of Halloween. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We're, and we're led to believe that like these people are not mentally sufficient now because they've been drugged with whatever this thing is that makes their minds not well. So like, yeah, he's not leaving them in a great situation. They could have been eaten by like butterflies. Wait, who's not leaving them in a great situation? Lockhart. He's just paddling off. I, I wouldn't really be worried about them either. <laughs> I'm not Hope saying. It all works they out put for their you. hands on me. <laughs> they touched him vaguely. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> so yes, he's pedaling down the mountain. Well, I never. Speed. <laughs> and gets hit by a deer again. <laughs> it is. I did think it was kind of a funny moment because he's the movie's wrapping up. Yeah, he's pedaling down the hill, and all of a sudden, Hannah's like, "Watch out!" And like he smashes into a car coming the other way. Yeah, and it's his um, head corporates from corporate head. Yeah, and they're corporate like, "Where have America. you been? You are coming back to us with." New, to New York right now, mister. Yeah. You're what now? <laughs> <laughs> Which was the <laughs> So yeah, they're like reprimanding him and... and he's like, nah, I'm, I'm past all that stuff. I actually, I'm feeling quite better now. <laughs> uh, and they look up and they're like, what have you done? And like, that's when I kind of felt like maybe there was something more going on here. Or maybe they were just saying like, you lit the building on fire, what have you done? But I almost felt like they were, like they knew something more about the Institute than they were letting on. Because they're like, what have you done? I don't like, think they did but why did all of I guess because it's super important but like why did all all three four of them why would they assume it was his fault <laughs> yeah that's kind of weird well, I mean it was but... pedaling away <laughs> on a bike from a burning building so maybe leaving a bunch of handsy old people in the courtyard <laughs> they'll go up there they'll surround you chanting and put their hands on you vaguely my best recommendation just fall over <laughs> yell and fall over and just pretend to be asleep <laughs> Everything seems to work out fine for you eventually. <laughs> oh <my God. sighs> so yeah, that is a cure for wellness. It's um, a cure for wellness. It's a movie that shifts gears multiple times. It did. I, I said it kind of moves from what all did I say? It's kind of Shutter Island esque to begin with. Yeah. And then it kind of moves to like a Dracula story, and then like um, like kind of like Frankenstein story. A little bit. And then. Phantom of the Op? No. Well, nah. The singing part in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as they're getting married. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's, it's not a, a bad movie. movie. It's just weird. So, all right. Um, what do we start with? Scary's part. Um, what was your favorite part, Max? <laughs> My favorite part is is when he comes out and. Victoria's trying to solve her crossword puzzle, and mm. he goes, absolution. I don't know. It just really, like, struck a chord with me. Like, just the delivery and... I don't know. Yeah. It makes you realize how intelligent this person is. I mean, because it's... And it has a direct bearing on the story, too. It's kind of how it's supposed to be set up, yeah. It's a metaphor. It, it is. Um, Kitty, what was your favorite part? Um, I think that my favorite part was probably the elk getting the car. Damn. <laughs> I don't like that it died, but it was the only thing in the movie that really, like, startled me, I guess. So. Oh, okay. Um. Mm. My favorite part was probably the driver. I just really like that actor and I like that like his charisma like he's kind of mysterious but like he was trying to be a good guy for the most part he legitimately thought he was driving people up to help them and they just stayed there because they were unwell 
Um, or because they were happy once they yeah. were there. Right. Like he, you know, and he's actually the one who drives the rest of the corporate heads up there and hits him later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he's there too. That was his car. <laughs> and him. So, yeah. <laughs> and him. <laughs> he was driving his car. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's probably my favorite part. Uh, Max, what was your least favorite part? Uh, my least favorite part was the dungeon forced mating scene. Mm. Yes, that is the most clinical way you could put that. It is. Um, try to put it gently, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was essential to the story. Um, it was the driving force of the main prote- or antagonist. It is. So. Was um, yeah. It really explained like just how demented he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I I, don't know, I didn't care for it. Um, my least favorite part, I would have to say, I don't know, there wasn't really anything that stood out to me. I think maybe the special effects on, um, Bulmer. Yeah, sorry. Not remember Keep in name. mind, this movie was released seven years ago. Um, well, but What's, still, I, I mean, like, Jurassic Park came before that. Just, okay, that's it, a very fair point. It kind I rescind of, my comment. It kind of put me in mind of um, the uh, Hydra guy from. Oh, but not as good. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Red Skull from Captain America. Mm. Um, I don't know who that is. (laughs) He's Captain America if you aren't a good person, apparently. But, like, it just, those special, like, that, his face just never was really something that I liked, so. Uh, I mean, it's really practical effects, I gotta say it again, practical effects. I I mean, yeah, I don't understand why they had to computer animate his face. Like, the scar moving around on its own was weird. Like, they could have just had, like, maybe computer animated Jason Isaac's pulling his face, peeling his face off. Yeah. And then just had, like, prosthetic face. Like, yeah. Like, covered in goop. Yeah, that was a little, like... Did they explain why? I know he says something about humanity. This is what humanity does. Like, this is this is what it's like to be part of society. Humanity. And he pulls, like, that face off. Which, I guess he's been taking from people or something because he sees his face in a petri dish at one point like a very large yeah. petri it's like sitting in some solution so like he apparently takes it off every night to like like air it out or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> um but like i it's sweaty under there <laughs> was it burned did they like hit your face a bunch of times and now you need a new face or something i don't understand what... <laughs> he burned with the original castle not enough of them so like it was just his I face? I assume his whole body was like that. I guess. Oh. Is that why he needs people's skin? But they don't really talk about that at all. No. I guess. I'm more interested in... Where do you get your skin from, bro? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, my least favorite part of the movie. I felt like it didn't really pick a type of horror and stick with it long enough to do it very well. <sighs> it did a couple of different things that were creepy and I liked, but it didn't really ever... Like, it had the 
patient that was in a, a terrible situation that they eventually realize is way worse than they originally thought. And there's a nefarious plot going on. And then it turned into like body horror where they were forcing him to like, they were ripping pieces of him off. They were breaking his teeth. They were forcing eel, eels into him. Like they were doing a lot of really weird stuff. And then it switched to like this other weird story of like the, like the, the incest thing. And like, it got real weird. Like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it was all creepy, but I feel like it didn't really speak. It didn't pick a specific type of horror and really kind of stick with it, I guess. It just all kind of felt like it repeated a lot because they were sort of flip-flopping between different types. Um, so that was my least favorite part. Was it? I didn't feel like it had a lot of focus, even though I did like the journey overall. Scariest part. Max. <clears throat> hmm. It would be between having someone drilling into my tooth or having the hose forced down my throat. Those are probably the two scariest parts. I wouldn't care for that at all. Either one. Mm-hmm. I don't think the eel thing would have been terribly painful, but it's it's bad. Um, I think the scariest part to me would be realizing that like like those moments of lucidity like, in mm. between the, it's really beautiful here, like, just that would be horrifying for me. Mm. <sighs> yes. Um, for me, it probably would have been the um, the immersion tank. Realizing after you hit the glass a couple of times, and I think he was able to see that she was there and, like, her shirt was down and, like, the person beyond her was not paying attention to, to, to him at all. Like when you realize that you didn't have help, you didn't have a way of, of getting help and you realize just how terrible your situation is. Like he drops his, um, uh, it's not a respirator. I don't know what that's called in scuba diving terms. Um, his oxygen supply, he loses that and then swims up to the top. And for a split second, I thought they were going to do that, that, um, really creepy underwater, not trope, but, I don't know what you call it um, where there's a little air bubble and you can slowly like you can breathe in a little bit of air to prolong your suffering a little longer, but it's eventually going to run out because I thought there was a little pocket of air at the top. I think that's what came out of him. Okay. Um, so like that whole thing, like getting to the top, realizing you can't get out, banging on the glass and realizing that like you can't, you can't get anyone's attention. Like that is terrifying. And, and let alone the things that are in the water with you, like that's creepy too, but that whole scene is pretty awful. Um, probably one of the other scenes that Max mentioned would be mine, but he already took both of them because he's greedy. So <laughs> that would be mine. That's the scariest part for me. I don't know what comes next. <laughs> uh, your overall rating. Ah. <clears throat> yeah. Overall, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Right. Um, It wasn't polished to perfection, but... I mean, Jason Isaacs mm. makes a really good villain. He does. Um, and I thought it was a good story, too. And it's it's a movie that I understood by the end of it. <laughs> like, some horror movies don't explain anything. Like, I just watched The Cave. It's not as bad as the one you said. But Devil like, Below Us or whatever? Uh, yeah. I remember The Cave. But... <laughs> 
Yeah, so the one guy's infected with the parasites, right? Mm-hmm. And they get out. <clears throat> and two of the survivors are talking, and and he's like, well, I didn't think they could survive outside of a cave. And she's like, I think they wanted to leave the cave. And then just, like, walks away from him. Like, she's helping them leave the cave. <laughs> it doesn't explain any... Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like... <clears throat> yeah. This wasn't that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, overall, um, I will give it <clears throat> a six and a half. Um, hmm. just, there were some plot issues that I didn't understand. And, like, it's almost one of those things where, like, if you were going to be vague about shit, you probably should have been vague about everything and just not <laughs> given us any answers. But the answers you did give us don't make any fucking sense. So, <laughs> like, I understand the most central line of the plot, but the other little bits around it, I don't get. Mm. So, yep. Uh, my overall rating is, uh, for a lot of the same reasons that my co-hosts have brought up, uh, I'm going to again split the difference and whatnot seven out of ten is my answer seven out of ten i liked it i thought it was good it was engaging uh but it's one of those movies that i enjoyed it while i was watching it and i was able to sink into the movie 100 percent while i was watching it and i was really pulled in by the story but after we watched it and i had a chance to think about it for a little bit i started kind of poking holes in it <laughs> and having a hard time understanding certain aspects of it so it's one of those movies that's really good during you but- should ask it's one of those asses that's really good during, but then when you stop and you think about it later, you're like, what did I do? What was that? Um, so it's not a bad movie. I did like it. I just thought it had some issues. Um, but yeah, 7 out of 10 overall. I liked it. Okay. Uh, horror, horror rating. rating. Horror. Horror. Horror rating. Um, horror rating. Part of the reason why I'm giving it a little bit higher ratings than I otherwise might have is because when it first came out, I was excited to watch it. Like, I saw previews for it. And then I just convinced myself that I wasn't going to like it, and I didn't watch it. And, like, I put it off for five years, and I finally watched it. And usually when I do that, I don't like the movie. Mm. Like, if I already decided once I'm not going to like it, then I don't. But I did like this one. Like, it, it I don't know, it surprised me. Um, horror rating, I'm going to give an 8 out of 10. Okay. No jump scares. So there's two stars right out the gate. Um, uh, well, I mean, there was other stuff too. Physical horror, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Kafka-esque type horror. Um, yeah, like it's one of those movies that doesn't have a lot of scary things in it, but it has an overall feeling of dread and that something is grotesquely wrong with all of this. Yeah, the pacing ramps up nicely. Um, I am going to... Hey, like Fast and Furious. <laughs> I'm going to give it a... 5 out of 10 for scary. And literally only because of my discomfort level at the thought of being institutionalized against my will. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, I don't know. There wasn't really anything too scary about it for me. All right. A bird it. What did you give it? Five. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about I wasn't it. even listening, so I don't blame <laughs> you. <laughs> um, there's another movie I'm going to add to my list. I'm not going to tell you what it is. 
kind of slow, but the ending ramps up for a big jump scare. And I'm going to stop there and not tell you if it happens or not, because it, it makes up. more sense for me to not tell you. <laughs> okay, hang on. Bear with me now. Is it that Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze? Yes. Oh my God. I got it. <laughs> um, so either, well, now you know, either this movie had a jump scare that I actually approved of or it didn't have one. So A jump scare that you approve of is a... It's almost more valuable than not having one. Uh, yeah, it'd be pretty impressive. But you know how I feel about jump scares at the end of movies. It's like trying for a insert really difficult sports maneuver here and succeeding. <laughs> a Hail Mary, maybe? Isn't that <laughs> a, a football triple thing? triple Sal Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so, my horror rating overall, uh, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Because there were things in this that really, really upset me. Um, and I did really like that overall feeling of dread. Um, but I never really felt judge dread. Yeah. Oof. i never really felt terrified. I just felt really uncomfortable, but I enjoyed that throughout the movie. Like it was a, a very good, creepy movie. Um, so yeah, six out of 10 for my horror rating. Okay. okay. All right. Well, if you guys want to reach us, you can reach us at hands of horror pod at gmail.com at on gmail.com the facebook page on instagram on all those fun things um and i'll try to start updating instagram more regularly um once we get moved here um but we will be releasing our uh, hounds of horror pud which is a pudding that we're making oh my yes. um has chunks of real gravestone in it it's, it's hounds of horror pud at snacktime.net Oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. It's, it kind of tastes just like pudding. <laughs> oh, there's like a graham cracker gravestone that you like crush up and you yeah. put it over top. Oh, mm-hmm. I like this. This is R.I.P. and icing on it. Or it's the um, the the dirt pudding that you would get at mm. Halloween time <laughs> that has the cookie crumble in it. I like this. We still have to make our chocolate pitons. When I was a kid, a lot of my Halloweens were spent at church, which sounds weird, but it's true. Um... And like, it doesn't sound weird if you've <laughs> ever been in any sort of religion ever. <laughs> um, but you know, like the all the ladies in the church would make scary Halloween food. Yeah. But like, I knew none of these ladies were gonna poison me or make it out of like corpses or something. So it's like the food was never scary, but it was good. Right. <laughs> food rating ten out of ten. Scary rating one out of ten. <laughs> We should have a night where we do um, uh, Halloween-themed snacks. Ooh, okay. I'm okay. up for that. Well, like we each make our own and bring oh, it to a party. I'm going to make Cerberus cookies. Oh, that sounds really nice, actually. What am I going to make? Um. All right. So, next week. Next week. Uh, next week. In honor of the release of Uh-oh. midnight mass we are going to watch ouija origin of evil I... which is a mike flanagan movie Ugh. don't remember if we watched this or not it has all of our favorite actors from all of the the mike flanagan shows on netflix really yeah the usual stable of mike flanagan did actors. we did we watch this one 
No, we did not. What'd you say, squeegee board? Ouija, origin of evil. It is O I J A. Help, quidja. Help, quidja. Ouija, origin, squeegee board, origin of evil. There it is. <laughs> Dry erase board of discomfort. <laughs> um, it is. Ooh, on, it's got the little girl open mouth face. It's on HBO Max. It has. Um, okay, so just a little bit of Mike Flanagan trivia for you guys. Um, he is married to the actress that plays Theo in Haunting of Hill House. She also plays Erin Green in Midnight Mass. She is the main character in the movie Hush. Wait, 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 wait. Um, she there was only is. one person from Haunting of Hill House in Midnight Mass, right? No. No. There's like three. Um. At least. Uh, the guy that played young Hugh, um, he is in it. Is he the priest? He's Riley's father. Both the husband and wife caretakers from Hill House are in it. Yes. In Night Mass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but now, whoever Joe Mike Flanagan's married to. Yeah. That's she the was... lesbian lady from Haunting of Hill House? Yes. That is his wife. And she touches stuff and freaks out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little jealous. There's five that I know of. <laughs> um, She's cute. And I... I... <laughs> She's also the girl from that serial killer movie, right? The deaf girl? Hush. Yeah. Hush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I did not I said that. You that. weren't listening to me. I'm sorry. It's I fun. frequently don't. <laughs> um, so um, they are married um, and they have two children. Um, but I... Haunted in Mirror. <laughs> um, he also directed Gerald's Game. And Hush. Oh, that's got the guy from below in it. The captain of the submarine who went crazy. That's him in Gerald's Game. I remember watching He it. was also in The Post, the most boring movie I've ever seen. I have actually not watched <laughs> Gerald's Game, to be entirely honest. It was not a premise that sounded like I would enjoy it. Snip, snip, snip. I, Gerald's Game. It, oh, Mike Flanagan directed that? He directed it. It was a Stephen King book yes. that uh, Mike Flanagan directed. It That has the mother from Haunting of Hill yes. House. And um, Guy from Below. And yes. Guy from Below. It's about a... Were you about to explain that? This guy. Bruce um, Greenwood. Yes. No, no, 100%. I, well, well I, no, I wasn't going to give any spoilers from Gerald's Game. He's a very um, attractive older man. What? Yes. What I was actually going to say is that in um, Hush, the book that she is writing is apparently Midnight Mass. Oh. Because there are characters that are taken from the book that she's writing, but it is also being read in Gerald's Game. Is... Hush, a Mike Flanagan movie? It is. Really? It We're going to do that Because I point. actually liked Hush. Hush is the opposite of... <laughs> but I like Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor too. Yeah. I did like Midnight Mass. I really did. But, like, my only thought was in the beginning of that <laughs> miniseries... <laughs> if, can I help you? <laughs> if the heroine from Hush and the antagonist from Don't Breathe were, were in a horror movie... <laughs> It would be really boring. (laughs) 
exactly. Just for the two of them existing <laughs> in the same house, not knowing the other one was there. Oh, no. Oh, God. <sighs> you should probably cut that out. It might be offensive. I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> it would either be the world's fastest movie or the most boring movie. Because she wouldn't know that she was being super fucking loud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. Uh, Um, um, Hang on, hang on. Um, Mike, playing again. Uh, Oh, Midnight Mass. My first thought with that show is, it takes a little while to get going. And I thought, oh, Mike Flanagan thinks he can write now. Because it's like... 98% 98% dialogue. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And it, I'm like, am I watching a Quentin Tarantino movie where they go off on some completely unrelated subject? And he thinks it's really interesting for people to listen to, but it isn't. See, I actually really enjoy the dialogue. Because <sighs> there was a lot of it in Haunting of Hill House mm. and Haunting of Blind Excuse me. In Haunting of Hill House and in Haunting of Blind Manor. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, like both of those miniseries. And, and I like Midnight Mass, too. Just, I... You all know that I love Mike Flanagan. And um, <laughs> the reason I found out all of this information about him being married to uh, the actress that plays Theo, her name is Kate Spiegel. Um, I don't think it's Spiegel. I think it's Siegel. Siegel. You might be right. Um, Kate Siegel. Yes, that sounds... Because you know, there's only one correct. person I know with the last name of Spiegel, and it's not her. First name Spike. Mm-hmm. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Uh, something about Mike Flanahay. <laughs> like he seems like someone I would just hang out with. <laughs> anyway, or a manager at a paint store. He's got- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. No. I think most of this will have to go. Yes. <laughs> this is uh, we should have said. I'm keeping our- what you said about the the. Don't breathe and uh, hush. And uh, that was that was gold. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, we have been hounds. What movie? We oh, are what? spinning out. Ouija, origin <laughs> of Ouija. Evil. It's on HBO Max. Ouija, squeegee board. Luigi origin board. of Evil. It's about a guy at a gas station who squeegees with vampire blood. I think squeegees vampire blood off of mm-hmm. things. Origin okay. Of bye. Intent. Bye, thanks for listening. Bye. I'm not saying goodbye. I'm better than that. Are you?